Hello, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome. For all the new listeners out there, my name is Cole Haight. This is the All In Man Cave podcast. For all my repeat listeners, thank you for coming back and joining me for another episode. Today is the final divisional recap for the NFL. I can smell the regular season starting. We have just under two weeks, exactly 13 days until the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Bucks kick off the 2021 NFL season. Very hot and humid day in Pennsylvania. Home from work, thank God. I'm in my basement. It's about 50 degrees down here, so it feels amazing compared to the disgusting weather that we're having outside right now. I do have a special segment. We're going to get into the last divisional recap, which is the NFC North, which is the division that I follow the most, being a Vikings fan. I know I tell you guys all the time, but huge avid, avid Vikings fan, so I'm pretty happy about talking about the NFC North. Completely unbiased, of course. Also, I'm going to have another segment of some things that I've been talking to my buddies about from college. Also, some things I'm talking to my coworkers about in terms of sports, but I'll tell you more about that when we get there. But let's start off with the divisional recap. Before we start that, I just want to let everybody know, thank you for joining the show. Thanks for watching this episode. Please like, subscribe. Please leave a comment on Apple Podcasts. For all my listeners out there, whether it be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or iHeartRadio, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Couldn't, couldn't do it without you guys. Really like talking to you. Please leave, when you leave a review, if you could, on Apple Podcasts, please leave a question and tell me who your favorite NFL team is and when you became a fan so I can answer those questions on the next podcast. We're going to be doing, just a reminder, we're going to be doing two podcasts next week. Got two really cool episodes planned out for you guys. It's going to be some new stuff. Uh, we'll, we'll dig into to some more NFL stuff to get you guys ready for week one. So let's jump into the divisional recap. NFC North, we're going to start with the Green Bay Packers. Now, all offseason, Aaron Rodgers drama, it kept us going through the offseason. There's no need to continue to talk about that now. All that's squashed as of right now. So, talking about Aaron Rodgers as the player, there's no possible way I see conceivably that he could actually play better than last season. He was the MVP of the league, threw 48 touchdown passes. He's 37 years old. There's no possible way that he could play better, but can he have the exact same season as last year? We'll see. I don't think so. I think that I don't think his heart is 100% into this team. I know he still feels some type of way about the way he's been treated. That stuff didn't get squashed with a month vacation in Hawaii, and it didn't get squashed by them signing Randall Cobb because he told them to. That did not solve the relationship between Aaron Rodgers and the front office. I'm going to tell you that straight up. It, it did not. Now, the weapons that Green Bay has on offense are underrated, and it hurts my heart to say that, but they are. Randall Cobb, like we just talked about, he's a slot guy. I haven't seen anything from him, but he's also played for the Texans for the past few years, and the Texans' track record of offensive scheme and offensive coaches is not good, although they've had Deshaun Watson. Devin Funches, not a terrible player, played for the Colts, Play for the Panthers, big body wide receiver, similar to like a Kelvin Benjamin, but way, with way more ability and way more speed. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, not a bad player, and Alan Lazard, not a bad player. They're big hit guys. 
they're not your 11 yard catch guys. They're either going to catch 40 yard touchdown passes or they're going to they're going to drop the ball. That's what I've seen anyway when the Vikings play the Packers for the last few years. They're they're, not, they're three and four options. They're not one or two wide receivers, and and they're not they're not 100 all the time starters either. So they're not going to get volume in terms of targets. But Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, and Robert Tanyan are at basically at the top of their their positions. Aaron Jones is a dual threat running back. Devontae Adams has the best route running skills and the best hands that I've seen in a while, and he should be the number one wide receiver in the league this year statistically again, and he probably will have the most. I believe he had 18 touchdown catches last season. That's amazing if you think about it. Like it, Justin Jefferson broke every rookie record last year and had an amazing year and had nine TDs and 1,400 yards. Devontae Adams had 18 touchdown catches. I think six, five or six of them just against the Vikings in two games, which, I mean, the Vikings defense was terrible, but we'll talk about that uh, when we cover them. The question is the defense, and it has been the the question for the Packers the last few years. They have a few studs on defense. Jair Alexander is a shutdown corner. Granted, I think he's a little overrated. And we talked about, I think it was my second episode out, Pete Prisco's top 100 with Jair Alexander ahead of Jalen Ramsey. Now, that's just ridiculous. He's not as good as Jalen Ramsey. And every blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. And I, listen, Jair's a good player. Don't get me wrong. But it, he is, he's, a, he's a good player. But he doesn't, doesn't deserve to be the number one corner in the top 100 list. Does not deserve it. They have Preston Smith. And Zadarius Smith, two really good pass rushers. Uh, they play a 3-4, I believe. So technically, they're both linebackers. They switch it back and forth depending on who the defensive coordinator is. Green Bay has a, 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 a bad record of doing this where they bring in a defensive coordinator, go to 4-3 to 3-4 to 4-3 to 3-4. So they're good, but they're also both banged up right now. Linebacking crew is injury prone, and besides Jair Alexander, like Adrian Amos is a decent safety. He's nothing special, so an average safety, I would say. But th their defense needs to perform, and they played pretty well last season as a unit. No individual records or anybody going off in terms of sacks, interceptions, pass defense, nothing. They just played well as a unit, which is why they were able to go 13-3. and Not to mention Aaron Rodgers coming out extremely hot and keeping that, that extremely hot play all the way through the season and the postseason. So the defense needs to perform. Now, like I mentioned before, the distractions are going to be a huge problem. So... You can't tell me that this team is not distracted by the Aaron Rodgers thing and that nobody's thinking about it. You can't tell me that. Your your quarterback that you've had for multiple years, over a decade, is thinking about leaving and is unhappy and his contract is restructured based on a, a word-of-mouth agreement that if he doesn't like where he's at, they'll trade him next year. There's no way you can tell me that that's not a distraction for your football team. Not to mention some of these players that are starters, be it Aaron Jones who just signed a contract. He just got an extension. Like if Aaron Rodgers leaves that team, they are terrible. If Aaron Rodgers leaves, Devontae Adams is leaving. The defense will be better than the offense if they both leave. And that's saying a lot for the last 10 years of a Green Bay defense. 
So I think that the distraction is going to get to them a bit. They're not going to be as great as they were last season. So I have the Green Bay Packers 2021 record at 11 and 6. All right, moving on. We're going to go to the Minnesota Vikings. So like basically like Kirk Cousins and or sorry, basically like Aaron Rodgers in the offseason, now Kirk Cousins is getting all the heat and depending on how you feel about the COVID vaccine, I'm not going to get into that politically. Like, you want the vaccine, get it. You don't want it, don't get it. I'm not here to judge people. The thing I am going to say is, is if you're getting paid 35, almost $35 million a year, and you're hurting your teammates by not doing something that your employer is saying is beneficial to the team, then you have a a really hard decision to make. That's all I'm saying. I'm not judging them. I'm just saying sometimes at work, you got to do stuff you don't want to do. And sometimes you do, you, you're being told you got to do stuff that you disagree with, but it's your job. Now I understand we don't know any of the background on it. We don't know if the possibly some stuff that he's done research on is harmful to a, a, a disorder he has or his health or what have you. Like I don't, I don't know any of that info. Like I'm not inside the room. I'm, I don't know Kirk Cousins personally, but this is a huge deal. This is a huge deal. And the Vikings themselves have the worst vaccine completion out of the players. Now, granted, they are going to drop from an 80-man roster to a 53-man roster before the season starts. So maybe some of these players that are non-vaccinated are going to get cut or waived or what have you and just not chosen and won't be on the team. But this is a huge deal because the the things that these players have to go through if they're unvaccinated based on what the league is is mandating is extremely, extremely in-depth. We've seen what happened with Cam Newton. If you guys haven't watched the news, Cam Newton either went to the wrong location for a vaccine or just missed missed a, a test and was out five days, and now Mac Jones looks amazing in practice. Cam Newton could have just lost his starting job based on a, a mishap that he probably didn't even know about, slash he maybe did know about but just didn't care about. So I knew that I, I mentioned this before, the whole COVID mandate, uh, be it unvaccinated players. I said that this was going to be a problem. It's going to be a problem. This is going to be a problem. And Kirk Cousins, Kellen Mond isn't ready as their backup, and nobody else on the roster is ready. Granted, everybody says that Kirk Cousins isn't a good quarterback, but he's damn well better than everybody else on that team right now. Kellen Mond in the preseason games does not look good. He looks off. He's inaccurate. So we'll see how that goes. But we'll keep an eye on Kirk. We'll see if if he can make it through without any close contacts or what have you. But the Vikings need Kirk Cousins if they're going to have any chance of improving from last season. One side of their of their team that's really going to improve is the defense so defensively last season the Vikings had seven out of their 11 defensive starters as either rookies or players that didn't have any professional snaps in the NFL complete flip-flop injuries COVID opt-outs their their defense was terrible and Mike Zimmer's a defensive coach his worst record ever as a head coach is seven and nine because the defense has been solid since he's come he's been the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings Now, I did some research, and so players that are going to start on the Vikings depth chart this year that played less than five games for the Vikings last season, whether it be COVID, whether they picked them up, whether they drafted them. 
So these players played less than five games, which is less than a third of the season. These are the starters this season that have done that. Dalvin Tomlinson, all-pro defensive tackle. Michael Pierce, all-pro nose tackle. Sheldon Richardson, already played for the Vikings, still a great defensive tackle, could play defensive end. Daniil Hunter, all-pro defensive end. Anthony Barr, who's hurt again, but was out every every game last season except for one and a half games. Patrick Peterson, veteran, amazing corner. Lockdown, shutdown corner. Getting older, but still going to be decent. They got Everson Griffin, who they just picked up. He was rele- He actually was in all that drama uh, against the team saying that Kirk was terrible and that the team didn't like him either or whatever. They let him go. He went to the Cowboys, then went to the Lions. Now he wants to come back. So he came back. We gave him a one-year deal. Xavier Woods, decent safety, can play next to Harrison Smith because we lost Anthony Harris to the Eagles in, off- in uh, free agency. Mackenzie Alexander, uh, shut down nickel corner. We're going to probably play the slot and can also start in the slot. And Brashad Breeland, who's going to start on the other side. So Patrick Peterson and Brashad Breeland are going to be starters. They're going to be starters. Basically, every player on the defense this year besides DJ Wanham is going to be a different player in a starting position. And DJ Wanham plays uh, left defensive end where Daniel Hunter plays right defensive end. It's amazing. I've never seen, as a Vikings fan, I've never seen this many players picked up in an offseason or drafted or what have you join this team and play and plan to start based on their depth chart. And the defense may, they, they play tonight. This is getting recorded. It's Friday, the 27th. We play the Chiefs tonight, and a lot of the starters are going to play, which scares the crap out of me, but we'll see what happens. They need to gel at some point. Kirk Cousins and the offensive line have had three snaps. Three snaps. All preseason together. Ridiculous. So they need some reps. I don't think they should be playing a whole half, but we'll see what happens and see if they gel. So by the time you guys listen to this, the game will have already been over. So you guys can make your call depending on uh, how what happens via the stats, via the score, and see how players perform. And, of course, the offensive weapons, they have a – a lot of offensive weapons. So Justin Jefferson, all pro, uh, not all pro, great rookie season last year. Should have won offensive rookie of the year if it wasn't for Justin Herbert. Shout out to Justin Herbert. He had a great season, but I think Justin Jefferson should have won it. Adam Thielen got banged up a little bit in preseason in the, and in training camp. He's, he's pretty good. He's almost ready to go for week one. There's a very good chance he'll be ready for week one. Dalvin Cook, all versatile very versatile running back. It's going to be great. Irv Smith Jr. at tight end. D.D. Westbrook in the slot. Alexander Madison and Tyler Conklin, underrated backup players at tight end and and, uh, and running back. We're, we're, we're deep in terms of offensive weapons. The defense needs to show up, and Kirk Cousins needs to show up. He doesn't even need to be crazily good. Like last year, 35 TDs, 13 interceptions. Decent, decent year. Take their interceptions down a little bit. Take the fumbles down a little bit. And don't get into these ballsy throws. I know everybody wants you to throw the ball downfield, Kirk. You don't have to. You got Dalvin Cook. You got versatile weapons that can run routes underneath. If it's there, do it. Don't be thrown into triple coverage. Don't be doing this Brett Favre crap. When Brett Favre was thrown into triple coverage, thrown down the field, just throwing it up in the air like... 
Brett Favre and Eli Manning are known for that. Me growing up in my childhood, just known for it. Don't do that. Now, with the defensive improvements and what I think will happen in terms of offensive efficiency, I have the Minnesota Vikings 2021 record at 11-6. and six. They will tie the Green Bay Packers. And what I will say is whoever wins in Lambeau Field in the head-to-head match will win the division. So whoever wins in Lambeau, Vikings against the Packers, will win the division. The other team will get a wild card spot. All right, moving on. Chicago Bears. So like everybody else, Andy Dalton or Justin Fields. Now, people have all of this. All, all Everybody in the media is going nuts over this topic, right? And I've mentioned this a few times already in the po- and different podcasts, but... You can't go young to old. You can always go old to young in the NFL. So Andy Dalton, so the Bears play the Rams, I believe, week one. You want to throw your rookie quarterback who's got promise for your franchise out against Aaron Donald and one of the best defenses in the league. I know you promised Andy Dalton that he would start as as a starter. That's why he signed the contract. But that was also before Justin Fields was signed and you saw what potential he had. That's fine. Let Andy Dalton do his thing for a week or two. If he looks good, keep him in. The minute that stuff starts to happen, you start to lose games, it starts to become a downward spiral, get him off the field. Get Justin Fields in. Justin Fields is was extremely underrated going into the draft. He dropped to the Bears who moved up to get him. Justin Fields is going to be a good player. He's going to be an amazing player. And the fans want him in. Now, granted, the fans don't make the call. It's a football team. The fans have no say. Just like I have no say in my team, you have no say in your team. You know what you want to happen, but you have no say. It's not like you. they send out a, a survey. Oh, you're a Vikings fan? So the, the owner sends every Vikings fan a letter. Who should we start week one? No, that's not how NFL football works. But Andy Dalton is a solid starter. And let's see how he does week one and stop overreacting to a preseason game like everyone else on in, on in the internet does. And let's see how he does week one against the, a very solid Rams defense. Now the defense is getting older. They're known for their defense. They've been known for their defense. They're getting older. And the secondary is very young. They were forced to get rid of Kyle Fuller. So they don't have that many... Ah, what I don't want to use the wrong word, but they don't have that many playmakers on defense that aren't older. So Akeem Hicks in the middle, yeah, he's a little bit old. Khalil Mack, defensive playmaker, had a little bit of an off season last year. I I maybe I may be overreacting by saying that Khalil Mack's on the on a downward spiral or a downward trend, but that's what I was seeing last year. He didn't really affect didn't really affect our terrible offensive line last year in two full games that I watched him. He looked a little slow. It, I, I'm not sure if it was because it was a COVID season or if something else was affecting him. I'm not really sure, but he didn't look himself. Now their O-line is also pretty bad, which is why everybody and their mother wants Justin Fields in there so he can scramble. Um, I'm going to disagree with that take every single time I hear it. Reason why is if he doesn't scramble the right way, he's going to get hurt. 
He is literally going to get hurt. And yes, that means Andy Dalton, who is not that mobile, needs to make plays and make them quick or he's going to get hurt. But you don't want your franchise quarterback of the next 10 years getting hurt because your offensive line stinks. And that shouldn't be motivation to put your rookie in. Oh, our offensive line stinks, so let's put our franchise quarterback in. What? What What kind of decision is that? It doesn't even make any sense. It just doesn't, it just doesn't make any sense. And listen, I, I'm not one to talk. It, it's very hard to work in the front office and be a head coach. But I have absolutely no idea the last few years what the GM and the head coach, Matt Nagy, are doing in Chicago. I have no idea. They brought Nick Foles in like four separate times last year, then brought Trubisky back, got rid of Trubisky. Nick Foles has literally no use on that team. He's still on the roster. I, I don't I don't understand what they're doing. I understand they're going they're looking for for an answer so that they both keep their jobs. I know that for a fact. Vikings the Vikings GM and head coach should be doing the same thing depending on what happens with them as well, but I, what? You you restructured contracts, made t- uh different players take pay cuts and got rid of Kyle Fuller and made your defense worse to sign Andy Dalton to a 2-year $20 million contract when he got paid $3 million a year last year. Do the math. That's $10 million this year. How good was Andy Dalton for the Cowboys last year? Not that good. Average at best. He had like 13 touchdowns, 8 interceptions. Like, why that warranted a $7 million raise? No. Not happening. Too much of a distraction. The coach and the GM are going to tank this team in the wrong ways and in very bad ways. So Chicago Bears fans, I'm not buying it. And I don't I think they're gonna they're gonna waste Justin Fields this year. They're gonna make bad calls with Andy Dalton and they're gonna make bad calls in terms of offensive scheme and defensive scheme. And I've got the Bears record in 2021 at seven and ten. Justin Fields starts week one. I'll give him one more win at eight and nine. All right, and uh, your favorite football team and mine, the Thanksgiving Day Massacre team, the Detroit Lions. So the Detroit Lions got rid of Matthew Stafford and picked up Jared Goff. That in itself is hilarious. Absolutely hilarious. So Jared Goff couldn't even be good with a decent offensive coordinator and a decent offense in general. Let's go through the weapons that the Detroit Lions have. So they got Quintez Cephas, Tyrell Williams, Brashad Perriman. What? Those are your starting three wide receivers. Quintez Cephas, not even a half-decent wide receiver in college or last season. No. What? DeAndre Swift is hurt. TJ Hawkinson is hurt. Those are your two biggest threats. A shifty wide receiver, sorry, a shifty running back and a very good route running tight end. And both of them are dinged up the entire training game of preseason. You have Jamal Williams as a backup at running back. He got like four snaps a game in Green Bay. Like what? Now their offensive line is pretty decent. They got rag now. And they signed that the, the big offensive lineman from Oregon, Panay Sewell. But they need some serious luck to win a lot of games this year. Their defense is probably worse than their offense. They have two solid players on defense. Jamie Collins and Michael Brockers. They both play in the front seven. I have no idea any of these people. 
that play on in the in the defensive backfield. I and if I know them, I know them because they're old and terrible. I'm just going to be straight up honest. That's my take. You don't got to agree with me, but they're old. They have they have no depth anywhere. And Jamie Collins and Michael Brockers are not going to make your defense good. That's two players. Two players. That's it. The Detroit Lions are despicable. Despicable. Their head coach is sketchy. I get there. there's a lot of stuff out there on him, and he's biting kneecaps off and telling his players all this stuff. Listen, it's, it's motivation for him. I don't think that Dan Campbell is as bad as people are saying he is, but I know one thing. Their roster is definitely as bad as people are saying it is. The Texans' roster is better than their roster. And everybody says the Texans' roster is bad. Go look it up versus the Detroit Lions roster, and then you tell me which team has a worse defense and a worse offense. So based on the fact that everything on the Detroit Lions is terrible, they will get a few lucky wins because Jared Goff always does, and they will finish the 2021 season with a 4-13 and record. It could absolutely be worse. All right, I said I had a new segment for you guys, so we're going to do some over-unders. So I always get into conversations about sports wherever I go. So at work and with some of my college buddies via text, via social media, we always talk about some random stuff. And there are five over-under statistics that they either saw on DraftKings as a, as a bettable option or on any type of NFL media. And all of these five things they all agreed upon one side and I agreed on another side so we're going to go through these and I'll explain exactly why I feel the way I do so starting off Patrick Mahomes has more than 35 TD passes this year I'm going with the under now I'm not going with the under now everyone's going to blast me you don't think Patrick Mahomes is going to be good this year no that's not why I think he's going to have a great season this year but I think his team's actually going to be balanced this year Every year, I feel like Andy tries to balance them, and it never works. I think Carl, um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to have a decent season. I think Jarek McKinnon is going to have a decent season as well, and be those are both going to be viable running back options for them. And I think Mahomes doesn't have to throw 35-plus touchdown passes for them to be successful. Now, their defense, the Chiefs' defense is the only thing you can really attack them for, and they're not they're not as bad as people always say they are. They don't have big flashy players everywhere, but with Tyron Matthew, Frank Clark, God only knows what happens to Frank Clark when he goes through his his court case, but hopefully everything is good. Um, they, they got Chris Jones. They're putting him at the end, like, and they have some solid players in the middle. Their linebackers are good enough. I, I, Legereus Sneed is apparently a top 500, or sorry, a top 100 player at corner. I, we'll see. I don't think their defense is going to blow it for him. But I think their offense is going to be good enough. Patrick Mahomes doesn't need to throw 40 touchdowns this year. They can get it done and finish 13-4 and with him throwing only 30 touchdowns. He's not going to throw that many picks. But he doesn't need to do it. And I think they're going to be more balanced. So for everyone who thinks I'm coming at the Chiefs right now, I'm not coming at the Chiefs. They're still going to win that division. They still have a really good chance to get back to the Super Bowl. For what should have been the fourth year in a row. So I'm going under 35 TD passes for Patrick Mahomes. All right, next, Calvin Ridley will catch 10 touchdown passes this season. I'm going with the over. So last year, I believe he had nine. But Calvin Ridley is going to get every target that was for him 
and for Julio Jones in a package. Now, Kyle Pitts is going to be a good distraction for him to get more open. Now, Calvin Ridley was open on a lot of his routes last year. Vikings played the Falcons. I watched a few Falcons games throughout the season. Calvin Ridley gets some deep separation on on a lot of these corners and safeties, depending on where he's lined up. He can play on the outside. He can play in the slot. He's he's a pretty fast player, and he's got really good hands. I think they're going to use... They're gonna teams are gonna assume that Kyle Pitts is gonna be the the option in the red zone. I think it's gonna be Calvin Ridley running these crossers in the back of the end zone. I got Calvin Ridley going over ten, probably closer to twelve or thirteen touchdowns this season. The run game that they have is not good. It's not we. It's not depth. It doesn't have any depth at all. They're gonna have to pass and they're gonna have to win in shootouts for them to go anywhere. And you know who can help them with that? Calvin freaking Ridley. And I have a fantasy draft tonight. I'm considering taking Calvin Ridley tonight, especially. All right, next one. Jameis Winston will have 10 or more interceptions. I will go under, under 10. Jameis Winston just named the starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. Everybody knew, well, if you you had half a brain, you would know that they're not starting Taysom Hill at quarterback because the minute they start Taysom Hill at quarterback, you lose everything that you have in terms of him being a gadget guy. I feel like Sean Payton just had to give him the chance to win the job. Jameis Winston, off the season problems set aside, he was always in a Bruce Arians operation where you must throw the ball down the field. Now, he didn't have to do it. He was probably being pressured to do it, which is why he did it as a younger player. But in this offense, I feel like Jameis is a solid, solid option, and he definitely should be starting week one. With Sean Payton in his ear and talking to him constantly, he will not be making these bad decisions. So he he sat behind Drew Brees. He saw how they do it in New Orleans, and I feel like he can have a success doing that. He will have less turnovers because their run game is so deep. The run game is so good. They have plenty of running backs that can come in. It's always been a focal point, especially while Sean Payton's been in New Orleans. And Alvin Kamara is going to have an amazing season. He can not only help Jameis in the running game, that'll work for his play-action passes, but it'll help him in the passing game as well. So I'm taking the under 10 interceptions for Jameis Winston, which is hilarious considering that last time he started a season, he had 30. All right, next, there will be at least five teams with 12 or more wins in the 2021 season. As much as and as crazy as people think I am, I'm going with over. And here's the list. I got the Rams, the Chiefs, the Titans, the Bucks, the Bills, and the Browns all having 12 or more wins. If you don't agree with me, you don't have to. But those teams are going to have more than 12 wins. Those All of those rosters are solid. They're all defensively sound or their offense is good enough to offset the fact that they're defensive flaws. And let's be honest. The hype for the entire season in the NFL media is trying to make the worst teams look better and the better teams look average. I watch all this stuff. The, Ra- the Ravens are going to struggle this year. Why? Attacking Lamar Jackson, he can't throw the ball. He led the league in touchdown passes a few years ago. You can't throw the ball? What? They have a run game still, and their their offense is based out the based out of the run. Kirk Cousins doesn't pass as much as Patrick Mahomes passes. 
because Andy likes to pass more than Mike Zimmer does or their offensive scheme or whoever's calling it. The NFL hype this season is crazy. There's always the bottom three teams, but the teams that were below average to average, they're making look a little bit better, and the teams that are above average to good, they're making look worse. I watch Colin Coward, CBS, Fox Sports, all this stuff. Everybody's talking about it, and it's ridiculous. The Vikings were below average last year. Everybody's hyped on the Vikings now this season. Green Bay Packers have the MVP. MVP comes back. They're down on them this season. I just mentioned the Ravens. Some people have, have the AFC North and the NFC West, which are the two strongest divisions in terms of my opinion, and it's not an opinion that's not a lot of people agree with. Some people have these teams not having 10 wins in the leader of the division. That's ridiculous. You're telling me the Browns, the Ravens, and the Steelers, none of those teams will have more than 10 wins. That's ridiculous. So I'm going with over five teams will have more than 12 wins this season. And the last one, two QBs in QB battles will be traded before the start of the season. So this one, this one's a little a little ballsy, um, but based on the decisions being made for starting quarterbacks, I think that Drew Locke, Cam Newton, and Jimmy G will all not play for their current teams as of week one. So that's in two weeks. Drew Locke does not get his Drew Locke's outlook on football and his attitude does not get along with what Vic Fangio wants to do in Denver, which is the reason why they picked Teddy Bridgewater, a quarterback who came overcame a crazy life-threatening injury, who in his career has a very low ceiling and a very high floor. They chose him to start week one over Drew Locke, who in a pre in preseason games has looked pretty good, who has an extremely high ceiling and a little bit of a lower floor. Now, this might be safe. I, ex- I think my take on it is probably the most right. Teddy Bridgewater was drafted by the Minnesota Vikings. George Patton or George Payton, the GM of the Broncos that came over that was the Vikings GM, is now at Denver, and he's the one who drafted Teddy Bridgewater. That's why Teddy Bridgewater is starting. He believes in Teddy. He drafted him in Minnesota. He thinks he needs to be the starting quarterback. I think Drew Locke, having the attitude he has, wants out. I'm not going to start. I'm going to go somewhere to start. And I'll take him on Minnesota, to be quite honest with you. So you got Cam Newton with his whole issue. We already went over it with covid and uh, whether he took uh, he took a test in the wrong location, he didn't take the test, he went somewhere he shouldn't have gone, whatever the issue is, whatever the issue was, there's no way that Patriots didn't tell him what he needed to do. He just didn't do it. And I don't think Bill Belichick wants to put up with that. He could just get cut. I can see them cutting him and starting Mac Jones. Mac Jones looks good, looks good in practice, looks good in the, in the joint practices, looks good in the preseason. I can see they drafted him to be the quarterback. Why not start him? That's the way the NFL works now. Why not start them? And then Jimmy G, they're in a similar situation that uh, Cam that the Patriots are in. Jimmy G's injury prone. Now, I know for a fact that Cam Newton's not making $26 million. Jimmy G's making $26 million. Now, my take on, on that quarterback battle is Jimmy G's good when he's not hurt. So start Jimmy G until he gets hurt. 
or starts to look bad. Then you can bring Trey Lance in and bring the rookie in and get him reps. But you, you don't need to... Uh, that's the overreaction is like the, the 49ers fans are like, we need to start Trey, we need to start Trey. You don't because Jimmy was just in a Super Bowl where he somehow stayed healthy the whole season and they made it to the Super Bowl. He made one bad throw, everybody's tearing him up. It, Jimmy G's not injury prone. He need, he should start. Now, if they start Trey Lance week one, Jimmy G is going to be on the top, on the top of the free agent list for anybody to pick up as a quarterback who's getting paid $26 million. Now, I wouldn't pay that much money for him, but Jimmy G, Gardner Minshew, Nick Foles, th- these players are going to want to be picked up not only as backups, but probably as possible starters for some of these teams. All right, guys, that's my over-under stats. I want to thank everyone again. All of the divisional recaps are now done. Thank you for listening. Got two fun episodes for you guys next week. Going to try and have them out Tuesday and Thursday. But enjoy the last week of the preseason. A lot of the teams are playing starters, which is weird since when we had four preseason games two years ago. Usually the last week was the week that none of the starters played, which is very odd to me, but also I understand it, to be honest. Get in on the betting games for the preseason. If the team does not play starters, take the under for total points scored anybody on DraftKings and FanDuel that's my professional advice to you take the under they're winning a lot they're they're the unders are taking a lot of wins on DraftKings right now and FanDuel to be honest with you so keep that in mind also just want to thank everybody for listening on iTunes on Apple iTunes podcast listening on Spotify and on iHeartRadio thank you so much for all the new listeners once again I am Cole Haight And this is the All In Man Cave podcast. Please leave a review, like, subscribe. And I look forward to seeing you guys leave comments in the Apple Podcasts review section. And we can start talking uh, talking through them on a mailbag on the podcast. So like I say, everybody have a good day and peace.